All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sit Down Community Podcast. This is your host, facilitator Stephanie Shaw, and you are going to want to buckle up today. Um, my good friend is here all the way from Georgia, and we're so stoked from that. I love having national speakers on here. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to let her introduce herself, and we're going to get right into our conversation for today. Hey y'all. So um, I feel like that's necessary since she told you where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, my name is Julia Spicer. I live right north of Atlanta in a sweet little hometown called Cartersville, Georgia. Um, I live with my husband and my sweet puppy who's actually just behind me on the floor. And um, I was talking to my husband today about recording and just talking with you. And it's so funny because I think that Layla just gets all this vast knowledge and just hears me talk all the time. And I've, it's, it's gotten to a point where I put her to sleep with my talking. So I'm hoping I don't do this. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I am so excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk about our topic today. Uh, my passion in life and the reason God put me on this earth is to empower women and lead them to the kingdom and, and help them realize that they can do anything that they set their minds to and, and specifically um, aligning that with the gospel and aligning that with our faith. So I'm really, really excited to be here today. And I just know it's going to be a good one because when Stephanie and I talk, it always is a good one. So <laughs> Yes, we are so glad you are here. Um, I think one of the favorite things about Julia and I's friendship over the years is we met at a summer internship program in the San Francisco area and just kept following each other on Instagram and then got reconnected through um, a business that we both do now. She's actually my, uh, my, my lead and, um, Anyways, that's just a shameless, you know, plug into <laughs> supplements. So hello, Zingular. Um, but it's been really neat to, I think when we look at sisterhood in Christ, to be able to see people's process so clearly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what I want us to start talking about first is you know, over this year and a few months, I've just get, gotten to see your confidence just burst. And I love, love, love it. Um, because it's kind of when you see, I've been using a lot of plant metaphors, so I've definitely turned into a plant lady. Um, but it's kind of when you see, you know, you get a flower at Trader Joe's and the bloom isn't even out yet. It's like, it's like a tulip that hasn't opened up. And then all of a sudden it was just like full bloom. And I love getting to see that in women of faith, because I feel like at least from different conversations you and I have had, there's so many women who haven't bloomed or don't even give themselves the option to, uh, wow. well, that's not my role. I, you know, I'm quiet. I'm in the background. And so I think for you and I being women who are like, no, I'm on center stage, baby. Right. Uh, he's like, you will know who I am. Um, there's that balance there of letting God be our leader, but also, you know, speaking those really powerful things from scripture over ourselves. So first question I think I have for you is really, you know, what does it look like um, in your daily life in even the last year and a half or so? How has it looked like to change your thought process and really engage? How do I have a mind of Christ that is one of power and purpose? Wow. Yeah. So I think for me, it's kind of crazy because just reflecting back on, on the growth that I've had the past year and a half and um, Stephanie talked about how we are partners in business together. And if I'm being completely honest, that's kind of what opened up my flower for me. Right. And kind of made mm -hmm. me realize that, oh, you can step in power and you can be powerful and you can be confident. And it's not coming from a place where you're cocky. It's not coming from a place where you're prideful, but instead it's really coming from this power and this person and this soul that God created mm -hmm. you to be. And so yeah. And I think that's a lot of times where we get caught up in the church is God, like, yes, like God calls us to humbleness, but God doesn't call us to be in the shadows or in the background. He doesn't call us to be um, shy. And, right. and I don't say that if you're listening to this and you're naturally an introvert, I don't mean like you're doing anything wrong. If you are shy, I just mean God is not calling us to, to wait in the background. He's not calling us mm -hmm. to, to just like kind of 
um, like weekly, I guess is the word I'm looking for, walk through the world. And so for mm-hmm. me, you know, I joined this business and I quickly realized that you can personally develop yourself. And in fact, you can personally develop yourself and, and develop yourself spiritually. And in fact, the two can really combine. And I think that's what I realized the most in, in this process is I have, I didn't even realize how much I was hiding myself because Mm. I'm naturally a really loud person. I, my voice just carries. I've always been loud. I'm the baby of eight kids. So if you are not loud, you definitely had to be Yep. (laughs) like my environment taught me you have to be loud. And I think the biggest shift was, um, figuring out who I was in Christ and figuring out all the gifts that he gave me. And then just living those out because here's the thing is like, he didn't give you those gifts. He didn't give me my gifts by accident. And, and friend, if you're listening, like he didn't give you your gifts by accident, whatever it is that you're good at and whatever it is that you're passionate about, God is calling you to bring that forth to advance the kingdom. He's not calling Mm -hmm. you to use your gifts and use your strengths and use your abilities to just um, better yourself or put yourself on the pedestal. He's, he has given you these gifts and these strengths with the intention of um, advancing the kingdom. And I think the biggest realization that I've had, and I, and I tell, I, I have to speak this over myself and I tell my team this all the time, is like your vulnerability and you being courageous enough to step into the world as your fullest self is giving other people permission to do the same. And I think for me, like that's, that is like my life motto is like, if I can just wholeheartedly be myself, no matter how goofy or clumsy or funny or loud or whatever, because to me, all those things are beautiful. I think sometimes we, we see things in ourselves and we think that they are flaws or we think that they're mistakes or we think that it's something that we developed that's not good. But in reality, all the things that are like quirks about us, and you can't see my hand quotes, but all the things that are like quirks about us or flaws or whatever is really just the way that God designed us. And it's actually really beautiful because Stephanie read this, read this Psalm over us before we started. And it was Psalm 139 and he, and it talks about how he knitted us together in the womb. So all these beautiful things about us that come to be, God is wanting us to put on display because here's the thing, whatever we feel like are our weaknesses are our strengths in Christ. And so, um, I think just over the past year and a half, I I have realized that if I'm not bringing my fullest self to the table, then what am I doing? Like, why am Mm -hmm. I here then? Because if I'm not bringing my fullest self to the table, then that means that I'm hiding what God created. And to me, that just doesn't sit well. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Would you mind sharing? So we read all of one Psalm 39. Would you mind sharing the last two verses of the chapter with everybody? Yeah. So, um, it's 139 verses 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And for me, it's like, I think, and I was talking the other day with my husband, I think a lot of times as the church, we get a little bit caught up when it comes to mindset work. And we get a little bit caught up with like this idea of manifestation and working on our mind and attracting things to us. Um, but we, and I think and it just like really grinds my gears because I think for so long, the enemy has played this trick on us that if we work on our minds, then somehow we're going against God or we're, or we are sinning, I guess is a better way to put it. But in reality, God is asking us to assess our thoughts every single day. You know, we're, we are told to take our thoughts captive. And in fact, he's asking us to assess our thoughts, but he's also, we, and I love this and you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, or I'm not even going to say it, but the author of this particular Psalm is asking God to search his thoughts. God, can you see where are my thoughts caught up? Because at the end of the day, I want to think how Christ thinks. I want to walk in my world and have the thoughts about the people in my world, about the situations, the circumstance in my world, about myself that Christ has. So if I'm having any thoughts that are not of you, I need you to search those and kind of flesh those out of me so that I'm not walking in that way anymore. Yes. So good. And yeah, I would agree. It's definitely, um, you know, Psalms is so good just to show us how much David meditated on his thought process on the things of God of giving God praise and glory. And, 
And when I think of asking God to come into our thought process, I really see how it's almost an opportunity for us to say, God, expose me of myself to myself. Show like empty out my pockets, show me what I'm holding on to, show me what isn't of Christ, isn't of you as Abba Father, isn't the Holy Spirit. It's really basically being like, test me, please, in a good way that is edifying to the kingdom and brings glory. Um, I think my next question for you is really, how do you allow God in your own process in that same way? Do you ask God to mold your thoughts? Because when I think of how I want to think, um, you know, I was reading in New Testament, it was talking about who knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God but we have the mind of Christ and that's so powerful because Christ was a teacher. Christ was so many things. He was an advocate. He was the definition of sacrifice. And when I look at that, it's like, how do I have that mindset of intimacy with God, serving other people, community, all those good things that allow our roots to grow really deep. How does your thought process, how has it grown even from when you were younger and a young believer to this point now? Yeah. So I think a big part of my process and it's, it's going to sound like, I, I feel like we, if you are a believer, you have probably heard this, but I start every single one of my days with God. I don't do anything. Well, I get up and I make some coffee and then I go yeah. and with the Lord because I want to have a mind that is ready and willing to hear the word of God. So I wake up, I get myself, you know, awake and I immediately jump into whatever it is that I'm studying. And right now, and I'm telling you guys, um, it's, it's beautiful because Stephanie actually recommended this book to me, but I'm, I'm reading through discerning the voice of God. And again, this is like, God is just so beautiful because discernment is one of the words out of this Psalm that we just read too. But Um, so I, I dive in first thing in the morning and I just learn about him first. How does he operate? What is in his character? What are his thoughts like? Because here's the thing. It's like, I want to reflect those. I want to mimic those, whatever that looks like. And I want to be able to know what God's thoughts look like so that if something comes across my mind and I'll get to this in a second of how I assess my thoughts, but as I'm doing that, if something comes across my mind and it doesn't sound like it's from God, or it doesn't sound like it's going to glorify God, then I've got to start changing that thought. So I always start my day in the word of God in a Bible or in the Bible, in a study. And then I just journal and I, and, and I love journaling. I find that a pen and paper is the best way that I get my thoughts out. Um, I'm naturally a verbal processor, um, but in the mornings, I really take the time to just quietly journal and and talk to God about whatever it is that's going on and just hear from him. And a big thing that I do is I do thought downloads. So, or brain dumps, whatever it is that you want to call them. Um, And I just brain dump all the thoughts that I'm having in that moment. And even just random stuff like, Oh, I got to go to the grocery store today, or I got to do this. And, you know, for me, and I, I believe a lot of women can relate to this a lot of, a lot of my thoughts. Um, I wouldn't say, unfortunately, because I think I'm just learning, but a lot of my thoughts always come back to people pleasing. And so that's like a big heart check that I'm having right now is, how can I, or, um, God, I want to please you. And I've really got to get out of my own way and stop worrying about what people think about me because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's about what people think about you. It's not what people think about me. It's how can I show you to the world? And, and, you know, Stephanie, when you asked me about being a young believer, I think that's like the crazy thing is as a child, you know, I accepted Christ when I was 12 years old and, you know, had, and I heard the salvation story. I actually was like scared to go to hell. I'll just be honest. That's why I accepted Christ. And then of course, like it, it flourished over time. But what I, what I have found is that God is always in, in, God is always going to meet us where we are, wherever our thoughts are, wherever our minds at, he always is there for us and meets us where we are. And, um, but I, but in saying that growing up as the baby of eight, um, and 
being an athlete, I think played a role in it too. I got to this place where I felt like I needed to please people and ensure that everybody else felt okay. And one of my favorite shows is New Girl and Schmidt, one of the characters says to the main character, Jess, do you just go around all day worrying about how other people feel from your decision? Yeah. And he goes, how do you get anything done? And she responds and is like, it's really hard. And that's where I, I mean, that's the battle that I'm walking through right now and kind of like, the like skin that I'm almost shedding of like, I cannot be worried about what people think of me. And so anyway, all that being said, I love doing thought downloads. I love doing brain dumps. And then I just walk through, okay. And what I call trash thoughts, shitty thoughts, whatever garbage thoughts. Um, I walk through all my unintentional thoughts and then I, and then, and then I work through ways to replace those because here's the thing at the end of the day, like, our brain is a supercomputer and we are responsible for training it. And I think a lot of times, and this is where people get like, hear a little bit of woo woo, but just like lean in with me. We, um, you know, we are responsible for training our brain to think the way that it, that it needs to think. And I think a, a big piece of that is keeping our, keeping our eyes and, and keeping our, our minds meditated on the word of God and surrounding ourselves with people who speak life over us so that when we are training our brain, we're training it in a way where we are replacing garbage thoughts or unintentional thoughts with thoughts of God. And at the end of the day too, friend, like you need to know that you are a daughter or son in Christ. And so God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And so some of these things that you speak over yourself and only, you know, that I don't know what you're saying over yourself in your head. I don't, it's not my business to know, but it is my business to tell you that some of these things that you're speaking over yourself and that you're limiting yourself with, that is not from God. That's, that is from the enemy or that's from your own ego telling you that you can't do this or you're not enough, or we're not going to be able to make this work. So um, I think in order for us to have the mind of Christ and to take our thoughts captive, we got to get our thoughts out there so we know what to take captive. Because here's the thing, if we're just blazing through life and we're never taking the time to assess how we think and the thoughts that pass through our mind every single day, I think, what is it? We have 60,000 thoughts a day. If we're not ever taking the time to assess those, we, we can't and, and this is where, you know, I go back to this trick that the enemy has played on us. If we don't ever take the time to assess those, we can't ever expect to have the mind of God because it's like, I think a lot of, I think for years in the church, we were taught just like lay it down at his feet and give everything to God and lay your burdens down and hear me like, yes, do that. But we are not robots. Like we don't go to God and say like, fix this. And he just tightens some screws and messes with some other things and adds oil to the tank. And then we we're on and we're fixed. It's like, God has called us to come to him and lay down these burdens, but faith without works is dead. You've got to work on your mental, on your, on your mentality. You've got to work on your thoughts so that you start thinking like Christ and have the mind of Christ. And so, because here's the thing, everything that you input, you output and see now I'm on a roll, but everything yes. that you output. And so if you are choosing to just neglect your thoughts and kind of just gloss through the day and letting whatever it is come in, then you really can't expect great things to come out. Or you can just expect kind of bland things to come at, out. Whereas if you choose to just slow down, oh my gosh, our world moves insanely fast. But if you choose to just slow down for a second, even if it's, even if you start with five to 10 minutes in the morning of just doing these thought downloads, then you can see, oh, this is where the enemy is attacking me. And I have ignored and neglected this. And friend, like, hear me when I say, I, I did this before I started working, like genuinely working on personal development. This is where I was, but I finally got to a point where I was like, no more. Like, I can't just walk through life kind of with like glossy eyes and just let life happen to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think even just taking five to 10 minutes in the morning and doing some good thought downloads and brain dumps and even doing them at night after you, after your day has happened for you, you know, pulling out your journal at night and just kind of releasing all of those thoughts to see, oh, this is where I maybe am even attacking myself. Where's my own ego messing with me? Um, or where, or, you know, where is the enemy just feeding me this thought that I have just accepted for years? Because that's the thing, friend, is like, 
you know, to be honest with you, I'm, if I look myself in the mirror, that's where the enemy got me for years is just, well, just make sure that you don't step on anybody's toes or just make sure that you don't offend anybody or just make sure. And I didn't even realize, I had no idea that I was living in that mentality because I wasn't taking the time to assess. So. So good. I think too, and as we kind of move along in the conversation, what does it look like I think specifically in the world, but also within the Christian community, there's so much division. There's so much think this way, think this way. It's not individual. And God has crafted our hearts individually. It literally says that he fastens our hearts individually within the word. And I love that because it shows, again, back to Psalm 139, how intricately we're made, that we are remarkably and wondrously made. Um, and even just looking at, you know, leadership within the church or small groups or things like that, we get so caught up with, I have to think like this person. I have to act like this person. How do we get to a space where we're comfortable with a diversity of thought? That was one of my main, um, you know, really goals in starting this podcast is people have different perspectives And I would never want someone to come and speak who felt like they had to water down and wash away what God was doing specifically in them. And so just kind of give your take on what it looks like in the midst of division, in the midst of people telling you how to be, how to talk, how to do this and that. Oh, well, you're not being like Jesus or whatever they want to say. What does that look like? I'm going to start with some scripture on that first, and then I'd love to hear your response. So Romans 16 starts um, at 17. It says, now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you have learned. Avoid them because such people do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Um but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering lips. And then down to verse 19, it says, but I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent about what is evil. The Mm -hmm. God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And I love that too. Just another point before I let you kind of answer for us. I love how it talks about being wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil, because it's very much showing God wants us to fill our hearts, our minds with good things that are of him, like his word, um, so that our mouth can outpour those good things. And I think when it's saying, and yet innocent about what is evil, it's really showing, I think we have this thought towards darkness and evil where it's like we think it's impressive or we think it's mysterious Mm -hmm. and so we want to kind of figure out like what it is and I think the scripture is really saying stop being so tempted by evil like the mystery of God is much better than the mystery of Satan Mm -hmm. like one leads to eternal life the other one leads to a whole lot of rebellion and darkness and so what does it look like like again, just in divisive communities within divisive leadership in circles, what does it look like to really hold on to these scriptures and know, God, where is your voice in these things? And how am I going to hold on to that? Yeah. So I think it, and it's interesting that you would bring up the word mystery, because that's where my first thought went to is the, the beautiful thing about God is that his thoughts are so much bigger than ours and his, and like he, and I say this in a way where I, I find it beautiful is there are things of this world that are of God that we are never going to understand that we're never meant to understand. And I think a lot of times when we find a vision in the church, it's at points where we feel like we have arrived to a point where we completely understand where God is leading us or what God is saying or what, because here's the thing, like the Bible, um, is, is God breathed. Right. And so there are things that, that theologians and people in the church have argued about for centuries, um, that I believe that we are never meant to fully understand. And I don't mean that way where God is like keeping us from anything. I, 
in a, in a negative way. I think that there are things that God put in the Bible with the intention of his believers digging in and continuing to learn about him and digging in and, and, um, and choosing to study the word and choosing to study the history and choosing to study the context with the intent of always knowing him more. And I think a lot of times where division comes in is this point of pride of, and, and this is where we see it a lot in our world, is like this point of pride of, well, I just really want to be right. I don't really care anymore if it's going to lead me to Christ or if it's what God wants. I just really want to be right. And we almost like find these people with these like tightly closed fists that, you know, the person on the, on this, and, and I don't really have a better way to put this, but I don't mean this politically by any means. I just mean this person on this side of the aisle is like, or on this, in this pulpit is like, no, it's this way. And this scripture means this. And then the person in this pulpit is like, no, it's this way. And it means this. And these, these people have completely lost the point of the reason that God gave us the word. And the reason that there's mystery within it is because he never wants us to stop pursuing him. The reason that there's mystery in the Bible and the reason that we cannot wrap our finite brains around some of the things that happen or um, around the words of God is because it's with the intention of never arriving. We never arrive to a point where we know everything about God. And so I think the, the, the best that we can do is to dig into these things that are confusing or mysterious. I don't, I don't even want to use the word confusing because I don't think that's God's intention. I think God's intention is always to just for us to continue learning. Um, but I think the, the wisest thing that we can do is to continue to learn and to dive deep. And I read this I read this post the other day about, you know, it's unwise for you to only surround yourself with people who agree with you, but it's also unwise for you to only surround yourself with people who disagree with you because then you're constantly living in discord, but it is wise to have conversations with both parties um, and specifically people, especially in the church who maybe you don't agree with, with the opportunity to learn. Because if I'm reading a piece of the Bible and I interpret it one way, you know, or I base it off of like a theologian's interpretation, um, you know, someone whose whole life was dedicated to studying the word of God and studying God. And, you know, my friend down the street, interprets it a different way, that's an opportunity for her and I to grow together, one, in our sisterhood of faith, but two, to learn from each other. And, and with, and I'm almost coming into the conversation of, we might not ever arrive to an answer, but if we do arrive to a point where we, where we know God better and we know each other better, then that's a victory in Christ because we have then shown the world how we can disagree with each other, but still love one another and still learn. And I, and it's, it's crazy to me, especially in the midst of our world right now, that the church still chooses to live in, um, in, um, dissension, I guess is the right word that I'm looking for or disagreement because I'm like the, the time is now, like the opportunity is now for the church to come together as the church and, and almost put on display, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, we can disagree with each other on these two points, you know, let's just say like Methodists and Baptists can disagree with something, but we can still love one another and we can still come together and we can still learn about Christ together. Because here's the thing, friends, is like when we're able to put something like that on display, that helps the rest of the world see, oh, you can live in disagreement, but still live in love. Or you can be in disagreement with somebody and still support them and still be a friend to them. And so, um, I think the wisest thing to do is to come at it with that perspective. And then always, 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 our God is a God of peace. Like our God is a God of contentment. And so I think it's always coming at it too, um, from a place of peace of, I want to go into this conversation and sure we might disagree, but at the, but I want the theme of our conversation to always be one safety and two peace, because that is how God comes to me. And that is the God that I serve. So, um, and, 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 and almost being open to being wrong because, okay, who cares if you're wrong? Then you learn something like right. I want to always have moments in my life where I'm wrong so that I can, so that I can learn and adjust. And, and, and it doesn't even have to be like this black and white area of right and wrong. It's just more so of opening my eyes to a deeper understanding of who God is. And, and I can appreciate different opinions in the church if the outcome is we're going to continue to learn about God together, we're going to continue to grow together for the sake of knowing more about our creator. Right. 
That's so good. How would you encourage people who um, don't necessarily share their thoughts on things? I think people can, for safety's sake, and really it's counterfeit safety of their thoughts are so finite within them to keep them safe and comfortable and not having to change or not having to walk into the uncomfortability of following Jesus and being like him. I think it's like, well, I think this way and this way and this way, and this keeps me safe. And this keeps me, you know, I, it keeps my world in orbit. Mm. How would you encourage people who don't share their thought processes, whether that be in the church, whether it be at work, wherever they find themselves, how would you encourage them to understand that we can still have the same perspective, but a, a diversity of thought within it. I think some people think, well, they all think the same way. Mm. While the word of God and the interpretations are really valuable to think clearly on, but that does not mean that our perspectives or our experiences right. within that area have to be the same. And so how would you encourage people just to really talk more. I feel like we, and maybe it's the pandemic. I think it's been long before that. I think we're so afraid to share our thought process. Um, because it's like, well, are people going to judge me if I share on this topic, but not another one? Are people going to tell me I'm not even allowed to talk on this if I'm not willing to talk on something else? Mm -hmm. I saw that recently someone posted, well, if you're not willing to talk on both things, don't talk at all. And I was like, wow, that's really harsh. And here you are trying to talk on it. <laughs> it was just one of those things of like calling people out and keeping them accountable of the things that God puts on your heart to care deeply about talk about those things. Don't be scared about how people are going to react. And of course, if it doesn't come out in love, which is our mandate within Christianity, I could understand where it's like, okay, maybe you need to sit on this. And then next time it comes up in, in culture, maybe then, you know, adding your thoughts, like really meditate on where it's coming from and where God is trying to kind of intercept your thought process so what does it look like for people to get more comfortable having the uncomfortable conversations to sit in similar thought processes or different ones and still feel like they don't have to change how they think mm. if it's along scripture and, and what is good? Right. So I think first and foremost, you know, it starts with us who, who have already arrived, arrived is a strong word, but who are already almost secure in mm -hmm. speaking our thoughts and us creating a space where it feels safe and us creating an open door for conversation. And, um, I think as leaders in the church, um, you know, it's our responsibility or just Christ followers in general, it's our responsibility to create this safe environment and this environment, like you said, that is out of love so that somebody who maybe is hiding in the shadows feels a little bit more comfortable to come forward. But if that's you, or if you are, if you are somebody who, you know, there's God, I could name things on both fingers for you to be passionate about. Um, and here's the thing is, you don't have to be all things for all people. I think that's one thing I'm learning right now is like, if there's a topic and, and yes, it can be heartbreaking or it can be to the world, it can be heartbreaking or there can be something going on. But if it's not stirring up in my heart or if I don't, or if it's not something that I'm passionate about, I have to be very, very careful about speaking into something that the Lord is not, is not knocking on my heart to speak about. Whereas if there are topics that I feel like God is knocking on my heart and telling me to come forward and speak about, then I have to confidently do that knowing that I'm secure in Christ. And so that would be my encouragement to you, friend, is like, whatever it is that you feel like the Lord is calling you to speak to, if you are living in this place of fear, well, one, our God is not the God of fear. The fear that's holding you back is from the enemy and from yourself. Because here's the thing is, um, I know we hear a lot in the church of like, well, you know, God conquers fear and our God is not the God of fear and fear is from the enemy and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Fear is just is a natural human reaction because our brains are trying to protect us. And this is where the science comes into our faith is, you know, when our brains 
were evolving, they evolved in this archaic period where anything that felt risky could mean potential death, meaning our brains evolved in the caveman period. So risk could mean being risk could mean being mauled by a lion. And that is death, but our brains evolved in that time period. So now flash forward to 2021 and the fear or the risk that we are dealing with now, and this is something that I've been studying a lot and, and just really listening, I think more than anything is the risk is being canceled, right? The risk is saying something and just being like cut off at the head and you don't have any room to talk. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not well-versed enough. And those are things from that your brain will serve you. Those are thoughts that your brain will serve you, or those are thoughts that the enemy will serve you to hold you back from speaking what God is asking you to speak. And so I think it's first finding your security in Christ of no. And also friend, I think sometimes we just need to tell ourselves it's going to be okay. Like it's going to be okay. If you say something about a certain topic and whether it comes out wrong or maybe it came out exactly like it was supposed to come out and something somebody doesn't agree with you, well, one, again, we're not all robots. So we all think different. There are things that Stephanie and I talk about that we don't agree on. Um, there are things that I say that I'm sure she doesn't agree with. And there are things that she says that I don't agree with, but that's okay. I'm not going to cancel her just because I disagree with her. And I think a lot of times what we're seeing too is this cancel culture is on blast. And so it's very, very loud. Whereas the relationships like between Stephanie and Julia, where we can disagree on things, but we still love each other and we can disagree on things and still um, sharpen each other's iron is not so loud. And so if that's you friend, if you feel like, oh man, if I come forward and I say this and like your chest starts to tighten and you start sweating and, and your brain is trying to convince you to stay safe, it's, it's with your, bless your brain. It's really just with the intention of keeping you in, in your comfort zone, but God is calling you to step out courageously. And God is calling you to speak whatever it is that he's, that he is putting on your heart. And I hesitate saying like, speak your truth, but I mean, speak the truth that you feel like you have received from God. And just know that people who come at you sideways because you say something that you feel like is truth, or you say something that you're highly passionate about, those are not your people anyway. If I say something and somebody has the nerve to come at me sideways because they disagree with it and they come at me from a place of, um, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for almost discord and not from a place of love, then that's probably not my person anyway. And good riddance. And I don't mean that in a rude way. I just mean, you're not my energy. You're not the person that I'm supposed to be surrounded by, but I just want you to know that when you step up and, and I'm telling you that it builds over time, because the more you step out and you speak your truth and meaning the truth of God and, and what God is speaking to you and how he's, how he is, um, how he is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I would say even nurturing you. Cause I don't, I don't know that God is like fixing us, but I would say as he's growing you, that's the word I'm looking mm -hmm. for as you're learning things. Yes. Thank you. Pruning. Thank you. As God is pruning you and you're speaking those things, your people will continue to come around you. And I think, I mean, I'm a living walking testimony of that. You know, I started walking confidently in myself about a year and a half ago, and it's been this big, long journey. It's been beautiful. And I have found that I'm surrounded by people who actually get me and who understand all my quirks and my isms or don't understand them and don't care. I do weird stuff. Sometimes I just like randomly sing and people are like, what the hell is she doing? But that's just who I am. And I think that, that you should know that friend, like get like, why would you want to be surrounded by people who don't love you for who you truly are and who don't love you regardless of if you have opinions that you disagree with? Cause that's the thing is like, kind of what, you know, going back to the last question of when we find disagreement within the church, it's, it's our responsibility to come at that disagreement out of a place of love and with the intention of learning. And I think as, as you are courageously stepping forward and speaking, whatever it is that the truth that God has given to you, that you're going to find people who love you and support you. And I think a lot of times our own in our own ego or the enemy wants to convince us that if we do this, then we will be like alone on an Island, which is like funny to say, but again, 
that's the value of assessing your thoughts. Like if you have something that you want to speak and bring to light and you are finding that you keep getting yourself caught up, well, start writing down your thoughts because, you know, I had a girl the other day, one of my team members, and she was nervous about posting a reel about something. And I said, well, what made you so nervous? And she was like, well, I just thought that I wouldn't get any likes on it and nobody would like me. And she started chuckling as she was saying that thought out loud. So sometimes you just got to get your thoughts on paper about certain things so that you can genuinely see how silly they are because you're not going to be stranded on an island or left to the wolves if you speak your truth. You're actually going to find other people who also find that truth and who also and who also see it from that angle or hold the same opinion. So um, I think it's, it's all about, it's all about you. Like, when do you, when do you want to surround yourself with people who truly embrace you for all that you are? Um, And when do you want to step out of this limiting belief that, well, if I'm my whole self, if I'm my truest self, I'm not going to have anybody. The people that love me right now in my world don't love me. But my challenge would be if you step out into your world as who you truly are and people stop loving you, I don't really think they loved you in the first place. And I just don't think those are your people anyway. So that would be my encouragement is just know and maybe even writing down, I'm going to be okay regardless. And I'm going to find my people regardless. And at the end of the day, the God, the creator of the universe loves you more than you will ever know. There's nothing that you can say. There's nothing that you can do. There's no, like, you know, even if you, even if you said something that maybe isn't necessarily fully truth, he doesn't love you any less and he doesn't, he's not going to abandon you. So, um, that would be my encouragement is, and, and again, I, Stephanie's a walking testimony of that. I'm a walking testimony of that. I have women surrounding me that are a testimony of that. Man, I, when I broke off the chains that I myself was putting on me, it's almost like I had chains around my wrist that I was choosing to not unlock. When I let go of those chains, my world became a lot freer. Hmm. Amen. Um, so we've talked a little bit about even just our own process and really navigating and, and weeding through how we talk to ourselves how we take in knowledge and, and make sure it goes along with the truth of scripture and kind of gotten into other people too. I think my next question would be, how do you allow and create an accountability kind of circle of sorts of people who in multi-generations bring knowledge to the table, bring a very pure heart that is towards God to the table to correct without Mm -hmm. condemnation, um, to provide input that is valuable. How do you get to a point of really finding that core group of community who serves you on that mind level to take out limiting beliefs. What does that look like? Yeah. So for me, again, you know, I, I am grateful and and was able to step into a community where our leader is 55. I think she's maybe almost 60 and just lives this world, lives in this world of such freedom and is just fully herself and just, but also loves the Lord so deeply and loves like learning about the Lord and getting in his word and then speaking truth over us. But I think it's also being intentional about that. So that is, that is a community and, and majority of my leaders as far as my business goes and that personal community are in Kansas, but here home side, I have, I, you know, I just recently joined a small group and I love it because it's a mixed small group. So, um, the youngest in, in the group is one of my best friends. She's 25 and the oldest in the group, I think is 73. And then others just kind of fall in the middle of it. And what I really appreciate is, you know, we, we are opening up and I talked about last week, how, you know, my passion is mindset. And I believe that like at the intersection of faith and mindset is where we really grow. And so it's really just being intentional about finding those people who are going to, um, 
be honest with you from a place of love. And I think what I have found, cause I've been in other small groups like this before where it's like a mixed age and I love it. I, I actually love being the youngest one in the room. I think one of the wisest things that we can do as young women or however old that you are, young women, young men is to choose to be in groups where you're the youngest person in the room. You are the youngest person in the group so that you can learn from the wisdom of other people. And, you know, one of my leaders is 35. So she's just like kind kind of right around the bend for me. There's another one that is like 60. And then there's one that's, you know, 75. So it's all these different levels of faith. And some of these women have been, have been believers longer than I've been alive. So they have been in the word of God and been, and walked with his spirit before my, before I was even ever a thought in my mother's brain. And so I think for me, a big thing is surrounding myself with, with people who are older than me and then surrounding myself with people who, um, are a little further ahead in their mindset game. And I, and when I say that, I mean, people who have been personally developing and choosing to assess their thoughts for a little bit longer than I have, because I think what's wisest, and this goes for anything, but whenever you're finding mentors, it's always wise to, to have friends and have people who are next to you who are in the same season of life as you, but it's, it, but it's wise to have people who are a couple steps ahead of you, who are maybe five to 10 steps ahead of you. And then they say like 15 to 20 years ahead of you, however, whichever way you want to put that. Um, and so what I do is I also check in with people. I have like my, my close accountability, Stephanie inc- being one of them that I have intentional conversations with about where my thoughts are and what I'm, and what I feel like I'm struggling with as in what my own ego is trying to serve me and where I feel the enemy is trying to attack me. Um, and also, I also make sure that I pat myself on the back for thoughts that are good for intentional thoughts. I think sometimes we just feel like the only way to grow is to just like rake ourselves over the coal and talk about all the crappy things that we've done or the crappy thoughts that we've had, but it's also really helpful for you to assess and be like, Oh, this is a thought that served me today. That was a, this is a really good thought. I'm going to keep meditating on that. And beyond that, I'm going to share that thought with people. I'm going to share that thought with, you know, my audience so that they can receive love from it too, or they can receive instruction or they can receive, you know, whatever it is, motivation, encouragement. Um, and so that's really one of the ways. And then I, I just have people that are safe for me. And one of those people, and I'm, I'm very blessed and and I don't say that lightly is my husband. And he's, he has, he is somebody who's very steady, um, and is not, and, and is somebody that lives in contentment. And that's something I'm learning about God too, is God is the God of content. Um, and so for me, it's like, anytime I have these thoughts, that, and again, I'm a verbal processor. So friend, I think it's for you figuring out how you process, but sometimes I'll just, we'll sit down together and I'll just kind of like word vomit these things that are, have been processing through my mind. And sometimes it's helpful for me to just speak it out loud. And then I'll either laugh because it's silly or he'll look me in the eye and be like, Hey babe, like, that's really not it. That's that ain't it. You know, however, whichever way he puts it or well, let me show you where this is holding you up. And then the biggest thing that I do that helps me as far as my mindset goes is I have a business coach who is also a mindset coach. And she really, really has opened my eyes to how to not only assess your thoughts, but how to replace your thoughts. And um, she is available to me anytime that I need her. And that is honestly, and she's, she is trained in, um, it's her name's, the, my coach's name is Kristen boss, but she was trained from a woman woman named Brooke Castillo, who does the life coach Academy, I believe is what it's called. And, um, Brooke Castillo has a whole thought model that you work through and that you train for like six months to a year to learn how to walk people through this. And so that's the biggest thing too, is I have my coach and, and that is her role to me. Her role is to coach me through my mindset and to coach me through my limiting, my limit, limiting, excuse me, beliefs so that I'm able to help others. One, I'm able to assess them myself and self-coach because I think self-coaching is so powerful and is necessary. But then two, where I'm able to also help people see where their thoughts are holding them up. So. Oh, that's so good. It's just really a humility of in any generation being able to glean knowledge. Yes. And I love that so much. Um, 
you know, even this week I was volunteering at a ministry and a 15 year old taught me something and it was just so profound. They're like, Mm -hmm. my parents expect fruit out of a plant that is being watered from an empty watering jug. And I just thought, I'm like, this is a 15 year old saying this, like, he's like, they want fruit and they're trying to water it out of an empty can. And how often do we do this? Like we expect outcomes, we expect good things. And yet we're not pouring in, we're not giving that. And, and I think it's just so important for us to be generationally aware of the wisdom that comes in every stage. And yes, it talks about maturity of faith and going from milk to solids. And it talks about leaving childish ways for the mature ways when we become men and women. And I think that's so important to understand. So we don't close ourselves off to what God could be trying to tell us through someone else of like, Hey Seth, you're doing something really dumb right now. And I'm sending someone to tell you that and you're rejecting it. Don't do that. And I, um, I'll close out my thoughts with uh, some more scripture and then why don't we do some practical tips and, and we'll pray out. But as we were just talking, it's so neat to be in the word and being able to like pull things as we talk, but it was talking in first Corinthians 12, the header literally says unity yet diversity in the body. And starting at, um, at verse 17 of chapter 12, it says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if there were, they were all the same part, where would the body be? I'm going to say that part again. And if there were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that um, that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with great honor. And it's so great to think of that in a way where I think growing up, I was so prideful of I'm so independent. I can do everything and be everything. And it's like, no, God has literally blessed me with generations of knowledge and wealth and things that bring me back to this scripture where it's like, I get to be a part of one body full of different parts and they all matter. Mm. Um, so would you just give us some practical tips as we um, end the conversation of how could people walk away and have just daily, you know, reminders to just think about their thoughts, think about limiting beliefs, think about how they can, you know, find safe people to really bring into their corner. What would those be? Yeah. So I think just practically starting, I think for any habit. Um, because you get to a point where you do that thought downloads every single day. And I know if you've never done that before, that sounds overwhelming. So I think it's always starting small. Like when I started on my, on my journey and, and really developing myself, I did brain dumps at night. And so that's what I would encourage you to do is grab your notebook. If you don't have a notebook, go to TJ Maxx and grab yourself a journal. That's your thought journal. Um, I think intentionality plays a huge part whenever we're developing habits. So go grab yourself a thought journal, grab your favorite pen. And at nighttime, just do brain dumps of this is what happened today. And then take it a step further of, cause I think (laughs) this is so funny, but you know, we ask people like, how was your day? And they're like, it's good. I did this and this and this and this. And I was like, and I'm always like, well, I didn't ask you what you did. I asked you, how was your day? So when you're doing these brain dumps at night, you know, you can walk through your day and then think through how did that make you feel? What feelings came up for you? Because once you get to the feelings of things, you can figure out where the thoughts come from because your thoughts create your feelings. It's not the other way around. So it's really figuring out just doing brain dumps. And then in the morning when you wake up, because I'm telling you, man, if you are working to advance the kingdom of God, the enemy is going to come at you as soon as your feet hit the floor. So waking up in the morning and getting those thoughts on the paper and then just 
taking time to journal. I think that is like, sometimes I think is like a lost art in our world. And there's so much value in spending time one with yourself and just journaling your thoughts and your feelings. And then two journaling with God. And I think if you're going to be somebody who wants to really work on your mindset, it's finding, finding podcasts, listening to people who are experts at this. Um, there is a podcast called the mindset mentor. He Rob dial. He's incredible about mindset. Um, I will forewarn you if you even care, but he does cuss. I don't, that doesn't bother me obviously, but if it bothers you, he, it does cuss or, um, Caroline leaf, um, Caroline leaf did a, an interview she just released a book called cleaning your, up your mental thoughts, but, um, any of her content is really great. She did an interview with Stephen Furtick years ago at elevation. And that's a really good baseline interview, um, to, and I can, and we can totally like, I can give you that link to put in the, um, in the notes, but the episode notes, but, um, it, she kind of just scratches the surface of why assessing our thoughts is important and how, how, choosing to spend time with our thoughts is important. So that would be my recommendation is just start small, start with your brain dumps, start with your journaling, and then listen to other people who are already steps ahead of you and just be willing to learn. And also friend, pray, Hey God, I really want, and it doesn't even have to be anything crazy. Hey God, I really want my thoughts to be cleaned up. I really want to think thoughts that are of you. I'm starting this journey can you help me along? Like I, like childhood faith, you know, I love that you learn from a 15 year old, but sometimes, you know, we think our prayers have to be so lofty and blah, mm-hmm. and they don't have to be just go to God and say, Hey God, you know, what thoughts are not serving me. You know, what thoughts are trash thoughts. I'm asking you to help me clean those out and to help me in this process. So that would be my big thing is journal, learn from people who know better and pray. So Good. I love that. Even just that thought of, we don't have to have these elaborate prayers. Like there's the areas where we're asking God and saying, I don't know what I'm doing here. It's acknowledging that we're immature in parts of our faith and we need God to bring us to that, you know, that season where we're able to go from milk into solid food. So that is so good. Thank you for sharing those. Um, well, y'all, this is the end. I say y'all too, and I'm from the West Coast. <laughs> uh, this is the end. Um, Julia, you have brought so much wisdom to the table. Would you mind just praying us out as we go about our days? Uh, to those of you who have tuned in, thank you. Um, we just hope and and pray that you are able, even just one sentence or one part of this talk just really hits your spirit and your heart in a way in which, you know, maybe it reiterates something God is saying to you or a tug of your heart. Um, so we just really pray that over you and Julia is going to pray over you now. Absolutely. Um, Hey God, just first and foremost, thank you for today. Just thank you for orchestrating this. And it's so beautiful to think about the journey that Stephanie and I have had to even get to this point, God, but we just thank you for safe conversation. And we thank you for growing conversation. We thank you for conversation that it's going to build others up, Lord. And I just thank you for the opportunity to speak to others what you have spoken to me and to teach others what you have taught to me, God. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters who are listening to this, God, that they would just have ears to hear and that their eyes would start opening to how they can clean up their minds and how they can start meditating on what is pure from you and start to move toward thoughts that are intentional and thoughts that are serving them, God. And I specifically pray over, you know, as we were talking about people who have truth to share, I just pray that you would give them the courage to share. And I just pray that you would work through those thoughts that are holding them back from stepping into who they're called to be and who they're truly called to be God. And I just, um, it's so, I love this. I'm going to pray Philippians four, eight over this, because, um, I just love that this came up in my study this week, God. And again, it's so beautiful how you orchestrate things together. And it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace 
will be with you. And Lord, that's what I pray more than anything. As my brothers and sisters dive into their thoughts and as they start doing their brain dumps and as they start journaling, I just pray that your peace would be with them and that you would just carry them along this journey, God, and that you would continue to carry them along this journey and just give them the endurance and the perseverance that they need. Because here's the thing, Lord, is we know that when we start diving into our into our minds, into our thoughts, that sometimes it's a little bit trashy in there, and sometimes it's a little bit messy, but we also know that you are a redeeming God, and we know that nothing mm. is too trashy for you, nothing is too messy for you, there's nothing that you cannot overcome, and so I just pray that over my brothers and sisters, and more than anything to God is just grace. I think that's the word that keeps coming up for me, is just that my brothers and sisters would have grace with themselves as they start assessing these thoughts that maybe they've carried for years, that they would have grace and that they would know that almost grace in their ignorance if they didn't even realize that these are thoughts that they were carrying. So as they're delving them out and fleshing them out and replacing them, that they would just have grace for themselves and that your grace would shower them. So we love you, God. We thank you for conversations like this. We thank you that we're able to have them. And I just pray encouragement over my brothers and sisters. I pray contentment over my brothers and sisters, and I pray peace. And I pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. And with that, y'all, we will see you next week for the next episode. Go forth and prosper. Blessed and highly favored. That's right. That's right. Yes. Bye, Bye y'all.